Like it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. And so you're showing up with a sense of groundedness and calmness and, and patience and belief, all those like character values that you build in. It doesn't matter what you do, that is contributing. Like your existence as a role model is making the world a better place just by you, you know, embodying those qualities, embodying leadership, being a leader of one. And then you can take that into, you know, your specialization, your career, be icky guy, figure out what you're passionate about, what you're good at, how you can, you know, help the world or other people in a way using that skill that you love and then get paid for it. That's icky guy essentially. So find communities where you have people doing that, that, you know, in areas that you want to succeed in and then have other people that you can collaborate with and get inspiration from and, and support from, and then, you know, use that that um, inspiration to then you know take those qualities out into your life and share them with your families and your communities welcome to masculine mastery a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts rise into their greatness and liberate their most alive awaken and authentic selves my name is christopher august and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. What is happening, everybody? It's good to be back here with all of you listening to this episode with John Kemp. This one is a good one. I really enjoyed this conversation. John brought a lot of wisdom to the table. He's had, you know, quite a quite an interesting life and you'll hear a little bit about his story and really coming deep into his purpose in life, his calling, his legend. And really he provided so many practical and grounded tips for people that might be struggling right now with gaining clarity on their path with men that are really wanting to step into a deeper level of their purpose and mission in life, but really are not 100% sure on what that might look like. And John really goes into so much detail on this. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to everybody that is listening right now to hear this episode with me and John. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say that there is still a couple spots left open for Legendary Leadership, which is my 12-week men's immersion and retreat. This entire program is really such a powerful opportunity, transformational opportunity to come into a space with other men, a community, an inner circle of brothers that are really wanting to level themselves up and their relationships, their purpose, and really step into a new way of living and leading in the world. And that's what legendary leadership is all about. It's about becoming that leader of ourselves, of that one, as John mentioned in the intro, so that we can go out and lead others in a more powerful, embodied, confident, and impactful way. And so this program will be 11 weeks online together with men all over the place. And then we are going to be gathering together in San Miguel de Ende, Mexico, which is a very, very magical town here, place that I've called home now for a couple of years and a place where, you know, it's just been so many incredible things happening so we're going to be bringing men down here uh, as a part of the program after the 11 weeks for a four-day, three-night, all-inclusive retreat. So that's a part of the program. And we'll be be able to gather together and really create those deep-level uh, bonds and friendships that perhaps will carry through for a lifetime for you. And I know a lot of men right now are really desiring to create more community, but it's like, where are the men around me that are wanting to do this work as well? Well, that's why I've created this amongst many other reasons. So hopefully uh, you'll get a chance to take a look at that. Uh, you can go over to masculinemastery.co slash leadership. The program begins July 9th. Applications are closing soon. 
And, you know, it would be a great opportunity for you to really step into a space of, of expansion, a space of growth for yourself, for your loved ones, for your family. So check it out, masculinemastery.co slash leadership. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me personally at hello at christopheraugust.co. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you on the other side. And what else? I think that's about it. Last thing, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy this episode, uh, please be sure to one, subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple and give us a like, give us a review. It helps to spread the word and get this out to more men in the world. Thank you guys so much. Look forward to checking you guys on the other side and yeah, enjoy, enjoy the conversation. I'll talk to you in a bit. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Masculine Mastery. And today I have John Kempf. He is a strength coach and yoga teacher. And yeah, just been connecting with John via social media and stuff, just checking out some of his his uh, content, what he's up to and all of that, and just felt like a deep resonance uh, with you, brother, and felt called to, yeah, bring you on and, and have a have a little bit of a chat today. I love it, man. I, I appreciate your work. I love what you're doing. And I think this is going to be a great conversation. There's a, a lot of similar interests and uh, shared vision. So this is going to be a good one. 100%, man. 100%. Yeah, I uh, would love to just kind of kick things off with, you know, your journey. You know, I know it's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot there that could be unpacked. But you know, from where you were to where you are now, your journey as a man to stepping into leadership and and into more of an embodied version of yourself. Yeah, man, it starts early for me. Uh, the you know, kind of dark night of the soul is something that uh, started for me in my teen years, my early teen years, where uh, there was. Uh, a big transformation in my family and uh, a lot of trauma, a lot of uh, abuse in the family environment. And uh, so I sought family. I sought connection. I sought brotherhood in sports and thank God for team sports. They saved my life for sure. Shout out to Darren McKay and Dave Lang for taking me in when I was young and uh, giving me a sense of purpose and bringing me into the team and believing in me. And so at the age of about 12, I moved with my mom out of our house when my parents divorced. And we went through some really intense times for several years, a lot of poverty. And uh, at the time, my mom and I were helping take care of my niece and nephew and my sister. And I learned very young, I had to, I was forced at the age 12 to kind of be my own man. And uh, my, my dad wasn't in my life anymore. He was really never like the archetypical um, divine masculine kind of role, a lot of generational trauma they got passed on. And uh, so it was my job at that early age to try to deal with it. And I didn't do so well. I started coping with alcohol specifically, and then, you know, cannabis and partying and drugs and women all through my teen years and early twenties, you know, there was a good 10 year dark night of the soul there where, uh, I was just trying to cope and escape and meanwhile, figure out who I am as I develop into a man. And again, thank God for team sports and football, uh, gave me a role. And I realized early in the weight room that if I worked hard physically, it would benefit my teammates in my environment and myself too. You know, the direct translation of results from hard work in strength and conditioning and the physical body is really motivating, especially early in that age on the, when you're in puberty and the right to manhood and you want to be big and strong and fast and powerful, you know, it's like, Oh wow, this stuff really works. If I work hard at this, you know, it's going to help me. And then my teammates were also giving me that feedback like, Hey man, you make me want to work harder because you come in here fired up. You inspire me. So I learned early that I had a passion for training. I had a passion for exercise because it was an emotional outlet for me. And also I had some kind of knack and passion and interest and, and uh, skill in it that allowed me to develop that. And even I remember in high school saying, I'm going to be a strength and conditioning coach one day. 
and a pro strength coach. That was my vision as a high school kid. And now I realize actually that the job that I have is much more what I would want. And being a professional strength and conditioning coach has a lot of limitations. No, you know, no dissing to that position is really cool, but actually it turns out that's not what I would want to do at all. And, uh, you know, after going into college, going into kinesiology, being a student strength and conditioning coach, really working in that gridiron uh, space with the football team, the track team, the strength and conditioning work. And uh, that kind of built my foundation, uh, kinesiology, exercise science. I'm fascinated by the brain and the body and movement and motor learning. So anything related to skill acquisition, strength and conditioning, uh, improving your athletic performance, human mind, body optimization. I just absolutely love all that stuff. So I really immersed myself in that and uh, got really good at it in my early 20s. I was going to school for that. Meanwhile, curbing all of this uh, emotional repression and, and like drinking and partying and, you know, the shadow side. And um, then long story short, 2013, first psychedelic experience ever take mushrooms with my buddies. At that time, I'm partying almost every day. I actually got my financial aid cut off in, in college because of deficiencies because I was just partying. I didn't care. I wasn't going to classes at all. And I was just in total denial mode. And uh, the mushroom journey I had was my first psychedelic experience. And on the come down, it was all recreational. We didn't care. Oh, we're high, cool. And then on the come down, we all kind of took our own time and space. And I just remember laying on the couch and my higher self came in, this universal source of infinite intelligence that's the bridge between me, the individual and the transcendent all and shook me awake, like gave me a bitch slap across the face. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Put your pants on, grow up. You came here with a purpose. You've got stuff to do and you're wasting that opportunity. And if you don't make moves now, it's going to change the trajectory of your life in certain ways. You need to answer the call essentially for the hero's journey. And it was a very real experience. I'd never had that kind of uh, air quotes, paranormal experience before, at least on this level of intensity. And uh, there was, I don't typically even now as a practiced yogi with a lot of crazy spiritual paranormal experiences that I've had, they're usually not visual. It's typically audible. And that's how this first one was and how they typically are as it's almost like more like a radio channel that I can open. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a massive bitch slap from my higher self. And the message was when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so I, I had to prepare myself and get ready, which immediately post journey, the two things that I committed to at that point were just eating real food, jerf. That's a slogan that I still teach today. In 2013, I heard that and I was like, oh my God, that's catchy. I'm going to make that famous because it, it, it nulls all of the bullshit extremist arguments on either side of the equation. It's like, okay, how about we just look at the environment and nature and big picture history and, and make some logical, simple conclusions here before we start throwing sticks at people for little tiny nuances that don't even really matter. Like just eat real food. Like let's start there. And so that's what I did. I was like, if I'm, I knew already I was really athletic and strong and had a, a great background in strength and conditioning but I never was lean and ripped because my diet wasn't on point. And I had all of these mood issues, depression and anxiety and, um, you know, all of this mind, body, gut, brain axis stuff related to inflammation into my food. And so I started eating real food and noticed immediate changes. And the other major thing I started doing was journaling. I, I said, okay, I'm going to start a daily fucking, I'm just going to do it. May 6, 2013. I have the journal right over here of like, okay. You know, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanja, I love the first line is, and now yoga begins, which is essentially, I've tried everything. Fuck it. I'll do anything. God, somebody, if anybody can hear this, help. What do I do? Okay, now yoga begins. Like that was my moment for the journaling and the food is like, okay, it's time to clean the vessel. And I didn't even know that at that point, but that was what I was going through. It was a purification process. And after a few months, I'm at the gym personal trainer at the gym and I'm on my day off working out on the the bike. And funny enough, one of my clients now who's in my men's group was my boss at the time and came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to teach yoga? The rec is trying to increase the male yoga user base and we want to get some male instructors. So we'll certify you for free. You can do a one-on-one -on -one training with Joanne, one of our OGs, and then you can start teaching classes right away. And I thought as a personal trainer and a semi-pro football player, cool, I get to get paid to do rehab and mobility stuff. That's going to make me better at, you know, my, my sport and, and overall more athletic. So I was like, cool. 
fast forward six months in, I'm on a yoga mat teaching a class and then have this perspective of the witness watching myself teach the class, seeing the class, realizing I'm not my mind and my body teaching a class, even though I'm consciously aware that I'm doing that. And it was that first moment of like the witness, the observer, the I am perspective separate from the, the ego, the mind and the body. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. There's, it was kind of an association to dude that came and said, what's up and smacked me up right. And then that I was like, okay, now I'm having this witness perspective. And this kind of reminds me of that dude. And now I'm doing all these things. I'm, and then that all these questions were coming, you know, at the same time, who am I? What's my purpose? All that kind of stuff started. The natural process of, of awakening and, and realization unfolded. And that was in 2013. And yoga absolutely changed my life. It has taken me from a calloused, insensitive, hyper-masculine, you know, classic example of the Chad in our toxic male society of someone that went way over the other side to try to prove themselves, to try to protect, to try to be strong, to try to seek love and affection and acceptance. And now yoga has just been cracking me open layer by layer by layer by layer. And what I love about yoga versus some other uh, methods that can, you know, have more of a shortcut, a shortcut approach, seem more appealing parentheses, plant medicine and so on. With yoga, it's a systematic, scientific, step-by-step process. The eight limbs of yoga, the yoga sutras of Patanjali literally means a set of instructions, sutras to create union, yoga, to yoke. You know, it's like a user manual, as Paramahansa Yogananda would say. It's the science of self-realization. It's a scientific method process that you can follow that has, it's, it's practical and it's grounded and it's built on a foundation over a long period of time rather than just trying to go get high blast off into the stars, receive a major download and then come back to earth ungrounded, scattered and lost and uninspired by the mundane reality that you come back to, you know, first the ecstasy, then the laundry with yoga. It's a much longer fundamental approach that allows you to get there and then still keep your sea legs while you're there. You know, I look at, yoga and the eight step process altogether to get you to samadhi oneness union with the self with the transcendent one the all like that whole process is a dieta it's the whole process is a preparation for that one moment that one experience and uh, so that's been now my biggest passion in life's work is to merge the worlds of strength and performance and and athletic training and um you know flow state and meditation and uh, yoga and how to bring science and spirituality together to not only optimize our performance, but ultimately help us to be more aware of our surroundings, have a more of a sense of well-being and you know purpose in the world to be able to contribute to making the world better than we left it. And that kind of brings us back circle around to the leadership component where a quote that I love, thank you, Peter Twist, I always give him the shout out. A true leader is a leader of one. A leader of one is a leader of many. If you cannot lead one, you cannot lead any. And so it really starts with the individual. You have to embody these codes of conduct, these ways of living, this lifestyle to you know reap the rewards of the practice. And by doing so, you naturally express the qualities of leadership. You don't have to try to be a leader or tell people you're a leader. They see you embodying yourself authentically. And that is leadership. You're giving them the permission to do the same. So I think yoga really is like that foundational um, set of instructions, uh, user manual to live a righteous life full of goodness, beauty, and truth. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a lot there <laughs> that, uh, you know, to, to really dissect and break down, you know, there's a lot of interesting, um, parallels in that story for me as well. You know, of course our journeys are different, but there's, there's some very interesting ones to explore there for me as you were speaking. And yeah, you know, I think, you know, as you explain it, going through this entire process of, you know, really how we're trained and brought up and conditioned to be in this society as men, you know, it's that sort of typical lifestyle of, you know, at least for both of us, it sounds like, you know, really, I started partying at an early age, started going into, you know, I was playing sports, doing all of these things. And then of course, carrying that into college, going out, binge drinking every weekend, all of these things until you get that fucking call. And it's like, Oh, it's time. 
And for you, it led you to where you were. For me, it led me to Africa and living in a village for two years. You know, so there's there's that call. And I think that's a, probably going to be a center point of the conversation because, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening to this that whether they've heard the call or, you know, perhaps they're kind of leaning on the edge of maybe moving down the wrong path, that call is going to come. And when it comes, you can either say yes or no. And, you know, thankfully you said yes to that and led you down to where you are. And I really love the way that you broke down um, the practice of yoga. Whereas, you know, talking about how this is like bridging science and spirituality and also the groundedness of it, you know, how you were speaking about it, hit a chord with me because it actually feels in deep resonance to how I relate to the gene keys because of the long-term unfoldment. It's not a quick fix type of system. It's not even meant to be about fixing. It's about, you know, meaning to surrender and to let go and to find the deeper layers of yourself. And this is a lifelong process. This isn't something we just fucking do. And I like plant medicine and I definitely have their place. Um, but again, it's these types of practices, these types of systems that really is what this is all about, <laughs> this this human journey and the awakening process that we go through. So I just wanted to mirror that back because that's kind of what came through strongly for me. Beautiful. So you mentioned about leadership and how none of this really what we would consider leadership. And I think that's a really important point to start with because leadership in itself has been, that word has been just completely demolished in so many ways because of the way in which we might perceive a leader to be, which is none of what we're currently living in, in the landscape of politics, economics, or anything like that. You have a lot of, you know, sort of, you know, hierarchical old paradigm, you know, authoritarian type of leadership, whereas leadership that you spoke about is one self leadership. And, and really that's through the process of embodying more of yourself and authenticity. And so, yeah, I'd love to break that down a little bit with you because I feel that's where obviously everything is headed is there's going to be more people called into a place of leadership. So yeah, let's break that down a little bit. I'd love to hear more about your, your perspective on leadership. Mm. Yeah, I love words so much and uh, I love definitions of words and just looking at the definition of leadership, a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards achieving a goal. So that is so beautiful to me. And then when you were speaking, it reminded me of a quote. I can't remember who said this. I want to say it was Osho, but um, the next enlightened being, the next Christ will be a Sangha, will be a community and an enlightened community. And that really resonates to me because, you know, moving into the age of Aquarius, we're looking at, you know, and especially for me, I have a South node in Leo and a North node in Aquarius, which is a previous understanding of self-mastery moving into sharing those gifts with the community and very much resonates with who I am, how I live my life and what I'm here to do. And so that idea of creating a space that allows others to enlighten themselves, realize themselves, you know, become their own greatest teacher. You know, the greatest guru is your heart and create an environment that's safe and contained and create a system and structure that allows people to follow through with a a procedure to then have this direct experience of self-realization. So creating, creating those containers and communities where people can go experience this firsthand instead of just having conversations about it. And I think that's like such a key theme is we're moving out of this old paradigm of, um, you know, burn the witch for her magical abilities. There's not that level of prosecution for this work in related to the spiritual space and, and reality creation anymore. So people can come together and share their voice and, and, and not worry about, you know, getting killed. So having communities, and even so it's still, there's not a lot of structure around it. Really the biggest things that I see in my men's group, which is the whole reason I started it is uh, strategy and structure 
guys are like, okay, well, what works, what works the best, you know, save them that time with trial and error of what you've done with yourself and other clients that has worked well, just go cut right to the source. And then the support of like, yeah, we pretty much all know that eating healthy food, exercising regularly, getting good sleep and not being on social media all day and going for walks is going to improve every fucking aspect of our life in all ways. We know that, but it's the support and the accountability piece that really um, is the determining factor. And I love like positive psychology and sports psychology. They showed a lot of this. I think CrossFit was really onto something here and group fitness in general, you can see I've been a group fitness instructor and been on the other side and watching people. They don't even care about the workout half the time. They're just coming to have, you know, a social engagement while performing physical activity. You know, they're just walking and talking together at the same time and catching up, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's not, you know, people aren't there to break records and they just want that external motivation via the community, via the environment. And especially in the beginning of a new skill habit formation, external locus, external motivation sources, improve your adherence until you have grown that internal locus of control, that internal motivation to just do it yourself. And then you don't need anybody outside of you, which is kind of the, the process of mastery as you progress in the skill. It just becomes more automatic and part of your normal life. It's a lifestyle. And so I think having, especially because a lot of these, this is something interesting. I, I love sharing this. I don't know if I've ever shared this on a podcast, but one of my buddies, he's a, he's a Google tech guy and he uh, is really good with SEO. And at a point in time, a few years ago, he sent me the top 20 searches on Amazon over the last five years. So it was 20 searches for like 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, something like that. So I had the top hundred searches, most keyword searches over the last five years from Amazon. You wouldn't believe, bro. I went through and, and, and tallied them up out of each 20. There was, I think the lowest was 11 and it was like upwards of 14 spirituality terms, Kundalini, mantra, meditation, astral projection, Qigong, Tantra. People are dying to know about this stuff worldwide. They're the biggest searches in the world of all these terms that people know. They're just too, it's not cool enough yet to dip their toes in and say they do it. It's like that video of the guy at the gorge that's dancing by himself on acid and nobody's saying anything. Second guy comes up, then a hundred people come up, you know, like we're right at that first and second guy stage, which is the true leader is a leader of one. A leader of one is a leader of many. Just dance your dance, sing your song. And as people see that it's like, oh, it's not woo woo. Oh, is there some, you know, Joe Dispenza. Wow. There's some really intriguing science validating a lot of this stuff that these people have been talking about for thousands and thousands of years. Okay, cool. Maybe I should look into this more. You know, so there's this curiosity worldwide for these things, but it hasn't quite hit the mainstream yet to where it's cool enough to talk about openly, but people are going home and searching this stuff nonstop, you know, and because there's something to this, they typically people have had some kind of spiritual experience, you know, like there's a, a survey questionnaire out there. I saw some stat from scientists, people that you would think would be the least spiritual, right? Like they're the absolutists in that sense. Over 50% of the scientists surveyed on, on this questionnaire had reported uh, like paranormal, unexplainable experiences in their personal life. So it's like mm -hmm. happening to people everywhere, man, you know, and it's like, okay, we're at that time. Let's bust out the tools. We don't need to hide and practice this stuff in private anymore. We can actually create a community space and facilities, you know, like a yoga studio as the most basic example of a place where you can go do sound healing, learn meditation, you know, meet with a community of people that have common interests and, and a shared vision around living a healthy life and making the world a healthier, better place for the generations to come. You know, you're surrounding yourself with an environment that is conducive to the types of behaviors you have or want to have. Maybe you don't even have them yet. But again, being in that supportive environment where you're seeing other people do the things you want to do is going to increase your likelihood of doing that behavior too. And for me, in the men's group, the, the four pillars are conscious co-creation, holistic wellness, spiritual fitness, and embodied leadership. And embodied leadership, the three tenets really are coaches and mentors, peers and colleagues, community, and then contribution. You know, so find the people that are doing the things that you want to do, have success at, and start modeling them. You may not be able to work with them directly, but you can find their content online or other mentors that you can learn from. And then the peers and the community space are where you have conversations with other people who are practically applying what you're applying and inspiring you to do so because you guys are all posting about it and sharing content around it.
And then the contribution piece is the whole leader of one idea. Even if you don't know what your career is, if you show up as a good man and a good human being with integrity and honesty and, and, and honor and loyalty, it doesn't matter if you're a bus driver or, uh, you know, like a firefighter or, or the president, you know, it's like you're showing up with integrity just out of that level of commitment you have to yourself and to the divine beyond, you know, trying to, you know, impress other people or anything like that. Like, it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. And so you're showing up with a sense of groundedness and calmness and, and patience and belief, all those like character values that you build in, it doesn't matter what you do that is contributing. Like your existence as a role model is making the world a better place just by you, you know, embodying those qualities, embodying leadership, being a leader of one. And then you can take that into, you know, your specialization, your career, be icky guy, figure out what you're passionate about, what you're good at, how you can, you know, help the world or other people in a way using that skill that you love and then get paid for it. That's Ikigai essentially. So find communities where you have people doing that, that, you know, in areas that you want to succeed in and then have other people that you can collaborate with and get inspiration from and, and support from, and then, you know, use that, that, um, inspiration to then, you know, take those qualities out into your life and share them with your families and your communities. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything you said is spot on. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things there, especially for men is this idea of like, what should I be doing in the world? Like, what is my sort of vocation? Right. And that's kind of how I approach this for a long time, but it's like, no, really what it's, what it comes down to is like, I'm very passionate about my creativity and my visionary work and everything that I do, but you know, I'm aligned with my passions in that way, which is beautiful. But at the end of the day, all of that is backed by the idea of ownership of your own inner purpose and essence, which is really what people perceive and see and feel when they tune into you. And that's, you know, a process of refinement and taking time to really understand what that truly is. And I think that's what you're speaking to, you know, when you're talking about this is that's really when it comes down to true leadership, you're leading from that really strong, authentic, empowered place within yourself. And yeah, things, things certainly begin to change with that. And uh, especially within the communities piece that you also spoke to, which I think is really important because more people are craving this now more than ever. Like you said, it's like, you can go anywhere and just like people just want to belong. That's really mm -hmm. the core desire here is just belonging and mm -hmm. having that connection because we're all so severely disconnected. And that's what I kind of talk about as well. And what I'm writing a book about is the disconnection of men. Cause I really feel like that if we were just to boil it down to the main, like core thing, it's disconnection. And there's so many things that stem from that disconnection and why that disconnection is happening and all of these things. So anyways, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot there and I would love to, you know, I guess, dive into really how, aside from, you know, doing our own personal inner work, which is the most important work, because that's how we're actually changing the paradigm around us, because it all stems from within. But like, you know, there's probably some people listening to this that are feeling like they're at a crossroad right now. They're like, you know, like, I'm not sure where my life is headed, but I feel like there's something more for me, you know, like, what would you say in regards to that, to somebody that was listening to that message? I just spoke about this a little bit on a, a podcast with a friend, Ryan Kennedy, and uh, we were talking about Ikigai specifically, but I find the quote to be relevant here is um, clarity. Uh, there's a quote by Seneca, no wind is favorable to a ship without a destination. If you don't know where you're going or what you want, then it's going to be a lot more difficult to know what to do and what not to do in support of getting you where you want to go. And so I think that's like the, the first most important part is just to like what do you want? And, you know, even more one step before that, which is, this is where I start. And when I start people in the program coaching with them, and I've been doing this for years prior to men's work is, uh, I call it the blueprint. He knows this blueprint. 
and uh, it's just assess where you are, design a plan where you want to go, and then create rituals that you can track and record and reflect on that you know are the most relevant variables to getting you where you want to go. And so getting a plan is super important. Like, who am I? What are my values? Like, what do I stand for? So that way, when that value is tested, do I actually, you know, like, oh, honesty. Okay. Like, are you really honest every day though? Or, you know, is there a bending of the truth or whatever it may be cleanliness? You know, uh, there's this great meme. It's this, uh, it says, God, give me a sign. And it's this kitchen with a window and there's a beam of light coming in the window, shining on a sink full of dirty dishes. It's like, God, give me a sign. It's like, do your fucking dishes, man. Like, you know what to do. You know, the next one, two, three things to do that are the most practical things, the mundane stuff that really is, you know, like chop the wood, carry the water, like you got water, the garden, you know, you got to do those mundane repetitive tasks to, to get to that result. I think that's like an important part of that. Um, getting clear about who you are and what you want will then give you more motivation as well on the days when you're like, uh, I just want to sleep in. Like if you're really on fire for what you want to do, there the passion will fuel you you know it's not an obligation at that point like you're stoked to get up and create that's why i love the line love what you do and do what you love so if you're like on the fence about you know how to to upgrade your life the first thing i would do is just sit down and get clear about who you are and where you want to go who and where you are and and who and where you want to go who you want to be and then start figuring out things that you like to do that you know are good for your health that elevate your emotional state that bring you into a, a sense of well-being um you know things like exercise things like meditation things like eating healthy food or going for walks in nature you know those are going to be activities that are going to help tune your vessel to that intuitive voice that teacher the guidance coming from your heart that will help you get more clear on and guide you down the path that you want to go for any of these new you know interests that you may have related to yoga or meditation or anything like that. So, um, you know, get clear and, and then start trying things out, you know, like until you try a Qigong class, until you try a static dance, you know, there's like so much judgment until you try something. And then, you know, as you grow and evolve and change, like certain things that you used to like, you won't like anymore and things you used to not like, you will like. So like constantly try different things and find out what you enjoy because people always ask me what the best meditation technique is. It's the one that you like to do you're going to do that one the most, you know, and the more you do it, the better results you're going to get pretty much with any technique. Yeah, that's, that's a key piece of advice. And yeah, everything you said, I think, you know, I, all, all of my work that I do with people one-on-one in my transformational coaching space, it all starts with values because that's the foundational piece. It's like, you can't, you can't really make decisions. You can't live a life in alignment with your soul unless you really know the fundamental driving forces, which are your core values. And I think without those, it's like, yeah, that, and then, then the vision, right? What is, what is the vision? What is, you know, and sometimes that vision isn't solidified for a while. Sometimes there, it requires you to go out and into the elements and to test yourself, to challenge yourself for that vision to come through. But um, yeah, just key, key components. It's like those two formulas just there. And then of course, like, you know, exploring your passions, what are those? How are you implementing those into your life? And, you know, that's an interesting conversation in itself because, you know, for me, my perspective has been, you know, it's like really working with the inner child because that's really where we get back into that, that form of play and imagination and all of that. And, you know, have being a father of a three-year-old, three plus year old, you know, he, uh, you know, he inspires me a lot in that space. Cause like everything 24 seven is play. Right. And it's like one thing to the next that he's like feeling so excited about. And your excitement is that, that guidepost to your soul. It's the, it's the excitement that leads you to the, to what you love and all of these amazing things. So yeah, that, that formula that you provided, I think is spot on. And, you know, it's a, it's a process, like you said, like, I just, I feel like in this culture these days, we're just fucking rushing everything. And it's just like trying to, trying to get from point A to point B as fast as we possibly can with the technology we have, but it's fragmenting our consciousness and it's really, it's really fucking us up in in many ways. So, and I've had to go through that initiation myself. I'm sure you have too. It's like, for sure. Nah, just 
just really be present with the journey to the best of your ability. And like, even the fucking lowest of lows, like those are the moments that sharpen the blade the most. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one when you're in it, but it's over time, you gradually begin to see the beauty of that. It's like uh, Ram Das when you have reached that level of awareness that you can look back over your past and actually give thanks for the experiences, specifically the painful ones because of the transformative process and what comes on the other side of that. And he says, pain is grace. When you can realize that the pain is actually exactly what you need to become who you desire to be and to have what you want to have, that is a necessary part of the alchemy. Then it's like, oh, thank you. Yes, you like you learn to not only like accept the challenge, resistance, pain, whatever you want to call it, but also you, you know you kind of like anticipate it, look forward to it, lean into it. You know, and like talking about values, that's one of mine from the yamas and niyamas from yoga is tapas, which means mm. uh, shortly translated discipline. But I like the other explanation, willingness to face challenge, willingness to, to face adversity, to, to seek discomfort. You know, it's like the that, that and I like just the, the basic word instead of tapas, I just call it resilience. You know, it's like that X factor that it's like, you're just going to yeah. go. Can you go? Like yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a crucial part of it. And I think the more that you go through adversity and struggle, the more that obviously that becomes more embodied, right? Cause it's easy to say these things, but it's, then there's another thing to fucking like actually live it. Right. And I really personally only want to talk from a place in which I'm like really experiencing it and living it, you know, and, and that way being able to drive the message forward in a much more powerful way. And I think, you know, what you touched on there is, um, whew, yeah, you know, I'm just like re recollecting some of the darkest moments I've had. And then of course, looking back at it, it's like, yeah, like, wow, I'm so glad that I, I experienced that. And, and now it's like when those moments may come up again, I think the word that comes through the strongest is grace, you know, and that's mm -hmm. a, that's a deep teaching within itself, the word grace, which is also the 22nd gene key. Mm -hmm. And that's a probably one of, yeah, the most powerful teachings. It's like, how can we approach our life with more graciousness and grace, even through these types of moments as well? So yeah, my relationship with that is definitely like, yeah, being, being molded and sharpened at the moment. <clears throat> A line that uh, me and my warrior retreat facilitator team have is uh, ease and grace. We say mm -hmm. that with everything, with ease and grace. And in Jinkies, one of mine, 34, uh, force. Strength I, and majesty. Yeah, yeah, Her yeah. I, I love the uh, the Taoist proverb in there, easy is right, which just reminds yep. me of Wu Wei, effortless action. It's not no action. It just looks like no action because it's so efficient and so open and timing and all the things are in alignment. It's alignment, you know, easy is right. And so it's just like, no, this is right too. Can you love this too? Can you see oneness in this too? Cause that's when, if you can, that's when the grace then shows itself. What uh, sphere is that jinky in for you? The uh, third sphere. Oh no, it's the fourth in my activation sequence. Very bottom. Oh, so it's your purpose. Yes. Your last yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. This is uh yeah, it's a, that's a, a beautiful gene. I actually have that, the, the sphere above it, which is a tractor, which is in the Venus sequence. That's where yeah. I, that, that sits for me. So I know that, I know that key, um, very, very well. It's a, it's a very powerful one. It's funny. Like you said too, a gene keys is very similar with like all these other things too. And why journaling is so important guys. It's so important because there's too much happening. There's too much data that you miss too much. There's so much gold that you can get out of a day and then write that down and reflect on it every seven, 30, 90, 180, 360 days. You can go back and learn. It's just like rereading an old book. That's really good. You know, the second read, there's so much more. And when you go back, you can read your own notes and it's like, kind of like in the moment you journaling to your future self, knowing that you're going to read that 
And so you can like use that to your advantage as like creating your own scientific experiment, like the past colleague talking to the future colleague, so you can improve your present colleague, you know, like <laughs> the, the journaling process is like so key for catching that data because not only is there so much coming through, but also too, then you can learn to appreciate like three years ago, you go read my journal and me like pouting and crying about some nothing, no big deal at all. And now I pout and cry over something else. And in three years, I'm going to go rack and read that. And I'm going to be like, what was I tripping about in 2023? That's nothing <laughs> like, you know, so it gives you perspective to see the journey that you're on and how much growth that you've made through the process. But, you know, also things that you catch that like, oh, I know that. I know that gene key. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living the city, baby. And then whatever happens, you know, and you're like, oh, I totally did that. That's the shadow. Like, I, okay, still there. More work. Cool. You know, like Jocko Willink, like when you said grace, like the one word that comes to mind, it reminds me of Jocko Willink. Good. You know, more work to do. Good. Perfect. Lean into that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can really do because that's the, that's the process of, of life. And, and, uh, yeah, it's until, until we decide to cross the bridge, you know, we're in this human experience. And I think one of the biggest things for all of us is just to really relish in it as much as we can and feel the gift of being alive because it truly is something very special and precious. And when you really lean into it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. Every day I wake up and just like, man, it feels so good. And when you have a kid, it changes even more. Cause you're just like pure, pure divine presence with these children. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's not easy by any means, but it definitely, uh, it definitely brings you back into that gift of, of being here and being alive and experiencing this life yeah man little teachers for sure and like that it's the little ways that you're like Fuck, okay more work you see they highlight the ways in which like oh, okay i still i gotta do better there like there they are mirroring me like that's me not them yep yep 100 percent, 100 percent. oh wow this has been a great conversation really enjoying the the flow of of just sort of where things are are moving into and and i would love to yeah. For anybody that's been or wanting to, that doesn't know about your work and everything that you're up to, what you're, what are you doing in the world and you're doing some men's work. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just break it back from uh, big picture. The, the vision that I have is to create, uh, advancement centers, performance Institute meets yoga studio and wellness center. Uh, that's the vision that I have creating these spaces, these centers, these communities where people can go to learn how to become human again, learn how to grow food and eat food and learn how to move their body and take care of themselves and learn how to connect with nature and, you know, live harmoniously with the land and with each other. So, you know, creating something that is, you know, bringing the traditional wisdom of community and nature in, you know, that, that, that merger of the spirituality with the performance Institute, the technology, the internet, the science, the innovation, you know, and creating spaces where, where, you know, it's kind of a, a merger of both worlds, you know, that I see. And, um, the, the goal to get to that point is essentially building a community model. My, my business brand is Henosis Academy. Henosis is the ancient Greek word for oneness and mystical oneness, universal oneness. Uh, it's kind of like the Tao, uh, yoga, the ancient Greek word for yoga or the Tao. And um, it came to me like 2016, 2017, meditation, he I'm like, what is that? And I Googled it and I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then ever since then, it's just been this unfolding path of um, you know, creating these community spaces, these henosis havens, these places where people can go to connect and to heal and to learn the, you know, new earth, modern way of living. And um, so... Currently right now, I've, I've been working with clients in person and online for over 10 years, teaching yoga, um, you know, fitness and nutrition, online personal training. And as of 2020, when, when COVID hit, I shifted my business model to men's coaching, integrating more of yoga, meditation, and spirituality and consciousness into the human optimization space. So it's a merger of performance coaching, uh, training and, um, yoga and meditation and, uh, healthy wellness lifestyle living. So, you know, it's a, currently what I'm running is a six month program. It's a, 
online program that then culminates with a six day in-person retreat here in Maui, Hawaii. And, uh, the, the coursework is broken up into three modules. Uh, this is the, the three, the big three that I teach is functional movement, holistic wellness, and lifestyle design. So it's eight weeks learning about movement and training and how to take care of your body from a physical perspective. And then eight weeks of nutrition and going into uh, all of the details with that. And then eight weeks of lifestyle design, where we talk about journaling and meditation and yoga and epigenetics and how to, you know, manage stress and how to optimize your sleep and all the things outside of, um, you know, the fitness movement and nutrition aspect of it. So that's the, the six month course with the retreat. And, uh, I've got a group on a virtual community. The platform's called circle. I highly re- recommend any content creators check out this platform. It's like mighty networks. It's a private, it's like if Facebook and Slack had a baby and you could have your own private channel off of social media that you owned and uh, tons of potential. I really like the platform. It's new and growing and um, really optimistic about that community space, creating virtual community space there. And then uh, as the virtual community grows, uh, eventually investing in creating our own in-person retreat center out here on Maui, running our own events here and then scaling that out from there worldwide. Mm, I love it, man. I love it. Beautiful vision. Thanks for everything that you're doing to contribute and yeah, bring people together. Um, you know, we need that more so now than ever mm-hmm. amongst the, the chaotic shadow and the underbelly of the world that we live in currently. But mm-hmm. as we continue to unfold and, and, you know, reach our potential, then this world will catch up and yeah, I'm optimistic, but yeah, it's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing all of that and, and your yourself and where can people find you? Yeah. Check me out on Instagram as probably my most active platform, Thor, T-H-O-R underscore Kempf, last name, Thor Kempf. And henosisfoundations.com is the website for my men's program. You can go check that out and get the details on the coaching. It's H-E-N-O-S-I-S, henosisfoundations.com. And if you want to just learn a little bit more about me, my bio, or uh, learn more about uh, what I offer as online personal training, uh, kfitnesspro.com. Kemp Fitness Professional is my online personal training business brand. So uh, check me out, kfitnesspro.com for online personal training, henosisfoundations.com for men's coaching, and Thor underscore Kemp on Instagram just to keep up with my current ongoings. Amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I appreciate your energy today and, and time. Of course, of course, Chris. Thank you for the interview, bro. Absolutely, man. guys hopefully you enjoyed that episode with john just wanted to jump back in here to remind you that if you are interested in what i shared with you in the beginning about legendary leadership this 12-week men's immersion and retreat you can go on over to masculinemastery.co slash leadership to apply now and uh if for some reason you're listening to this way into the future we probably have another round of this program coming out so we're going to be running this several times a year so check it out apply now would love to see you on the other side. It's going to be an epic, epic journey, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.